Hello, I'm Howard, and welcome to a 9320 Bumper Podcast. It's a review, it's a preview, it's everything else in between. Uh, I've got so much to cover, I'm not even going to do a pithy intro. I'm probably not a pithy outro either. So we're going to crack on. Looking back at the semi-final at Wembley, looking forward to a rather big game on Wednesday evening. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about, and I'm feeling nervous just saying that. So, got the big hitters in. Uh, good afternoon. It's Asan, it's Lloyd, it's Steve. Good afternoon, Asan, how are you? Very good, Howard. Looking forward to this. Yeah. Looking forward to the end of the season. Yep. Brilliant. There's a, yeah, it's it's very real now, is it not? So. It's very it's very uh it's very exciting and real, both of those things. Indeed. Uh, Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Yourself? I'm very good, thank you very much. You're already thinking about tomorrow night. I am. I've been writing about it the last 48 hours, so it's just, that's all I'm thinking about pretty much. I am mm. so excited for it. I'm so ready for it. And mm. I know we're going to get to it, but very quickly, I can't shift the feeling that it's going to be very similar to the game against Liverpool in 2019. I think it's going to be a real 90 miles an hour classic. So, yeah, bring it on. Okay. I, oh, God. I was hoping it would be a bit more, a bit more comfortable than that one, but we'll see. Uh, Lloyd, good afternoon. Afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, it's kind of the point where Martin Tyler says, "I'm we're live." Uh, <laughs> we are. Yeah, let's get cracking then. Let's talk about football, uh, and let's start at Wembley, the 2987th visit there in the last decade or something. And, of course, Sheffield United. I guess Aysan, the best place to start is the draw was kind to us on this occasion because it was a game that needed rotation. I think so. Uh, well, obviously, with, yeah. with Arsenal on Wednesday, the fact that we were able to rotate on, on Saturday was a really big bonus. Um, and it's funny because I, I think we did a pod last week where, where I asked the question... Would you rather he played Haaland and, and Alvarez and rested De Bruyne or he played Alvarez and De Bruyne? And for the life of me, I can't remember what anybody answered. But safe to say it was obviously you Haaland said rest and Alvarez. Haaland. Did I say rest Haaland? Yeah, I remember. Everyone well, agreed. Well, there you go. Well, mm. that didn't happen, but well, at least KDB got a rest. Yeah, I think Kevin De Bruyne is more likely to be one that gets fatigued, to be honest. Yeah. Obviously, Haaland only touches it twice a game, so... Well, he's be scarily fun. a decade older than, than Harland. So <laughs> well, that, there you, is that as well, yeah. When you put it like that, it probably is good that he got a rest. Mm. Uh, yeah, the team then, Steve, maybe not quite the personnel we might have predicted, but strength-wise, about the level you expected? Yeah, I was kind of relatively pleased. The only surprise for me was Gomez. I thought he was done, certainly mm. as regards to him being a starter in any competition. Um, I thought he did all right. It was a good, solid six out of ten throughout from him. So no complaints there. The rest kind of, yeah, was was as expected and as hoped for as well. Really, um, as you said, there was sufficient quality there. Went into the game confident of beating Sheffield United, and that didn't change after seeing the lineup, which frankly is all you can ask for. Um, and yeah, just uh, referring back to what Asan said there, the big unknown was what was going to happen up front who was going to be rested so yeah Harlan was always a 50-50 call I leaned more towards him being rested 
in terms of a possibility of that happening and my own preference. Um, but, you know, you're never going to complain when Erling Haaland starts a game of football, are you? Hmm. Apparently Rodgers said to Pep, I can't play, I'm devastated. Yeah. Which kind of makes a decision for... Uh, yes. Yeah, whether he plays. And I didn't want to see him anyway. Uh, but he you know, kind of said, I feel fresh. So, yeah, that's just how it is. Rodgers, of course, has played relentlessly, so... The easiest decision surely was for him to be rested, but he sounds like he made a decision for himself, which is sensible. But Lloyd, the obvious one, all I've put is Calvin Phillips toast. We did say on the preview, if he doesn't start this one, he's never starting. I don't think I've ever said the word toast so much. <laughs> Get me hungry now. As in relation to Calvin Phillips. Um maybe if I worked in a in a in a brunch spot. Um yeah, I mean I just think it's, I think it's incredible that he's not been trusted to play that game. Um, he's got twenty six England caps. Like Gomez is absolutely pony. I, I'm not having what Steve said there. I didn't think he was six out of ten. I thought he was, I thought he was worse. I didn't think he completely disgraced himself. But he's just, he's just obviously <laughs> the weak link when he plays. And I just think the fact that he's being trusted to start games ahead of Phillips, it just, it just so doesn't add up. It's just so weird. I mean, obviously there's a good reason for it, but it just makes, you know, from the outside, it makes absolutely no sense. So I can't see how he survives. I don't see the redemption arc for Phillips where he gets some pre-season and he's suddenly, you know, challenging Rodri. I just think they clearly have evaluated he's not at the level, which is amazing, really. Hmm. Uh, so were you surprised that Gomez came in then? Over Rico Lewis, perhaps. Um, I mean, a little bit, but not hugely. It, it was one of those where I wasn't sure to what level Guardiola would rotate, um, but I was happy with whatever, however extreme he went with the rotation was fine with me. Bearing in mind the importance of Wednesday, and also just bearing in mind, even with Gomez in the side, you got to win the game. You have the players, you have the quality to win the game. So, no, it's fine. Mm. We're not going to break this game down into 10-minute sections. Uh, let's break it down into three-minute sections instead. No, absolutely not. Stay. They could have scored after, I don't know what it was, a minute. But let's be honest, did this game feel like the most relaxed you've ever felt in a semi-final? It was a pretty turgid first half, I reckon, until that penalty. But in a way, it had to be that because of the team we put out and the te- the two games around it, then it all kind of felt, I won't say pointless, but inevitable in a way. And it it felt pretty early. This was not going to be a game where we're going to be 4-0 up at half-time as doing. It was going to be done the long route, so to speak. But it also felt that after that early chance for Sheffield United, they probably weren't going to... Uh, really threaten our goal too much after that how, how did it feel to you that City were just playing biding their time until the inevitable or did you actually feel slightly concerned at how turgid some of that first half was I, I wasn't concerned throughout I mean in the early stages they did have a good chance didn't they the Blades um, I was expecting them to have a couple more to be honest because you know we made six changes ultimately we would expect City to be disjointed for the first half hour um, and that was really their opportunity, Sheffield United, to, to kind of, you know, hurt us in those opening phases. It was a really good chance for them. Um, I think they got a half chance thereafter. But that aside, I've got to say, 
and this is not down to how good City were. I, I thought Sheffield United really dis were disappointed. Um, and they didn't really kind of um, put themselves across as they've been doing all season in the Championship. Um, they didn't give the best of themselves. I don't know if the occasion got to them or what, but they just were kind of mediocre throughout. And it was quite clear as the game progressed that City would take the upper hand. Um, thankfully, that happened before the break, you know, in terms of alleviating any nerves. Fato was good, of course it is. Um, but even at 0-0, at the 30 minute mark, I thought, yeah, this is our day. And at no stage was I overly worried, I have to say. Hmm. Lloyd, your thoughts? Because in a way, you know, if we talk about the game as a whole, this is exactly how I wanted it to play out. <laughs> Not too exciting. Uh, make rotations, play, rest some players, win without overexerting yourself. It was quite a predictable game, really, when you think about it. I agree. Definitely reflecting on it. I think at the time I was a little nervous that the second goal hadn't come a bit sooner in that you kind of wanted to take, you know, Haaland and, mm. and that off. But to be honest, it kind of came on around 60 minutes, didn't it? And then you could kind of ring the changes after Morris scored the second goal. So, yeah, I just think <laughs> I was just afterwards kind of just reflecting just feeling a bit fortunate that we did have the opportunity to rotate because I do feel like if we'd have had to play another Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea type team, it probably would have been the same result as it has been <laughs> in the previous few times. Um, and I agree with Steve as well. I, I thought they were really quite poor, to be honest. I, I don't think they tried to move City around much and look for balls in behind. Uh, Indai didn't really get on the ball. He can be dangerous. He's quite quick. They obviously didn't play McBurney up front, who's a bit of a target man, mm. and McAtee, and and I normally kind of, you know, going in around him and, and buzz buzz off him. So, yeah, I thought they were quite poor, and and actually, you know, once we got the first goal, I think it was always going to be pretty plain sailing from there. Hmm. Hey, son, your thoughts? And as I said, I was, the, I don't think we can expect a classic uh, especially because you know Pepper talked about previous seasons though obviously the opposition was tougher having it at Wembley is there an obligation to put on a show for the fans or this really should we be seeing the wider picture even if you spent hundreds of pounds to go down there that this is this is what you're going to get and obviously at the timing of this time of the season you can't expect any more than this. It was professional and nothing more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, the game just shouldn't be at Wembley. Mm. That's the problem. Two northern teams playing at Wembley, particularly... I mean, it, it, look, the context for... I, I appreciate what the lads are saying about Sheffield being disappointing. They probably were, but they've got bigger fish to fry. It's that simple. They, they're about to get promoted, and with the best will in the world... Even if they'd a fluke to win against City, they'd be going into the FA Cup final expecting to lose to United or to Brighton. So I think that the the day, the occasion, is will always be somewhat dampened down. The attendance will always be not ideal. When it's two northern teams at Wembley, when one team has got supporters that have just come back from Munich and are planning trips to Real Madrid and just the volume of games that 
that a Champions League team and the supporters have to have to navigate. And the same in the Championship, just the sheer volume of games that you've got to play in the Championship, those supporters have got to navigate. Um, it just, it what it is, that's the only way that I can describe it. And it's weird because it's like, I've seen a lot of, I've seen some quite pithy reflection upon both the attendance and the standard or the quality of the game. But there, there seems to be this idea that Sheffield United should have turned up and given the best version of Man City a game, whilst at the same time, the best version of Man City should have been fielded. And neither of those things are particularly realistic. So the game panned out as I expected yeah. it to pan out. And really, I mean, the bigger conversation is the the conversation around the first penalty, which I saw on my timeline because I wasn't listening to the English feed. But clearly, the British commentators didn't think that was a penalty. Am I correct? Yeah. I'll come to that in... What What are they, what are yeah. they smoking? Uh, I don't know, but... I was going to say I'd like some of it, but I don't think I'd do because it was... <laughs> We were just watching it with friends, just going, what are they talking about? <laughs> are you blind? I, they don't want to see a foul, do they? They don't want to see a foul for that penalty. Because they want Sheffield yeah. United, they want, no. you know, to be a narrative or something, and it was killed, basically. The moment, you know, that the Sheffield United player made a mistake and fouled, then it kind of killed the narrative or probably any chance of a surprise in this match so it's just I think the hope nonsensical was, I think the drivel hope was I mean it's unbelievable time. go on so I was just going to say I think the hope was nil-nil at half time yeah. and so with with the penalty coming so close to half time I just don't think that they they wanted to accept it the funny thing is uh, I, I was watching it on uh, on Darzen and the Spanish commentators were laughing what a terrible challenge, what an obvious penalty it was, and what a dumb thing it was to do in a cup semi final so close to half time. Mm. Steve, just backtrack once about the it being at Wembley before mm. we um, before we talk about that penalty, because there is something else to discuss there as well. It's an obvious penalty, and yeah. The the less said about commentary sometimes the better uh it'll just get the heart rate up so what can you do i found it weird that it took some empty seats in the stadium for journalists to actually discuss this matter when in a way the empty seats are utterly irrelevant to the argument that it shouldn't be there whether it sells out or not thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show to listen to the full podcast and all our contents including reviews previews analysis quizzes and much more Go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.